welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money and beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome back for another episode of the Thrive and Design podcast. Our guest today is Bob Habian. Bob Habian, AIA, is an architect and entrepreneur who is often referred to as a licensed puzzle builder and problem solver. That's a tongue twister. He has dedicated the majority of his career to solving one of the most important challenges facing the building industry, and that is communication between product manufacturers and design professionals, particularly at the earliest stages of a project when important product decisions are being made. Bob is a co-founder and CEO of Tech App Inc. And he joins us today from sunny California. So welcome to the show, Bob. Well, thank you for having me, Nicole. Yes. And I love that tongue twister of what you are referred to as. <laughs> Puzzle builder, problem solver. I love it. A license solver. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bob, you are a trained architect. So tell me, what was your early inspiration that led you to pursue a career in architecture? Sure. So as sometimes happens, you start in a given path and then you realize that's not the path for you. So initially, I had the good fortune to graduate high school early and I jumped right into college and I really wasn't ready for college. So I tended toward the more general education kind of curriculum. and ended up pursuing psychology early on. And as I approached graduation in psychology, I realized it's really not what I want to do. And so I started exploring options. And quite literally, it was a career book that I was thumbing through, reading descriptions of job titles in various industries. And I came across architect, read the description. And I said, that I think is me having no other perspective than that paragraph or two. And that opened the door. And so I started while in college, still working for architects and kind of worked from the bottom up. And uh, I say now that it's either a blessing or a curse, but I absolutely love what I do. I don't want to be anywhere else. And this doesn't feel like work. It never has really. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you started with psychology because Mm. that too is an understanding of people. And now you you know, had this career in architecture and now built out the tech app, which goes back to, you know, people in general, right? So tell me a little bit about the tech app. I know we have talked about it in previous conversations, but I'd love for yep. the audience to know what it is. So tech app is the name of the company and it's less of a focus on the app side because it's actually a responsive web application. So it works on any device. It's not a downloadable app per se. But the more important factor is the tech, tech being the last four letters of the word architect. So tech.com. And it was born out of my experience as an architect and the difficulty I had in finding good, reliable product information easily and realizing that, wow, there's way too much information to understand. And I could really use some help in figuring it out. So as an architect needing to find out information on roofing, windows, doors, et cetera, I felt there was a need to talk with a professional on the supply side. I also, along my career path, had the good fortune to be involved in manufacturing. So there's a story there, but for now, I I was involved in manufacturing as well and understood from that side 
the challenge that they were experiencing and trying to reach decision-making designers on projects of all types. And so from both sides, I recognized a gap and have spent the majority of my career literally trying to understand that gap. And so what we're doing now with Tact and TechDap Inc., the company, is addressing what I believe is the most potent solution set to a very big pervasive problem. And to your point, it's about connecting people behind the products instead of just staying focused on the product and the overwhelming amount of data. So helping designers reach product experts behind the products and then helping those product experts understand that they need to help architects and designers not try and sell to us. Because even though we're a huge sales enabler, we don't like to be sold to because we're actually just trying to make objective, informed decisions as design professionals. So that's the general ballpark that we are in. Yeah. And I'm curious to hear your experience working on the manufacturing side. So Hmm. as you're coming from that world of an architect and understanding, okay, this is the information that I need to specify product XYZ, and then switching over to the manufacturer side, what, I guess, light bulbs did you have in terms of identifying pain points to then create the solution in your platform? Hmm. So my exposure came through a design competition while I was still in architecture school. And I entered the competition the night before it was due. And I was pursuing the $1,000 grand prize. Love it. (laughs) So I was like, let's do this. And I ended up winning the competition. But what that was about was introducing a new building material from Austria into the US. And they chose to introduce it through a design competition. So by default, I ended up being exposed to this new product. It was a wall system. And I thought it was an intriguing product. And then I witnessed that company in the US really fail and then went bankrupt in the US because in order for them to sell that relatively new product to the US, they had to educate everybody about the product, even though that product had been successful around the world in other countries for decades. So that was my first aha moment that, you know, manufacturers who make great products may not be great educators. That's not their built in tool set. And yet, unless everyone on the project delivery team, that's banks, insurance companies, design architects, interior designers, engineers, contractors, trade contractors, if anyone in that team feels unfamiliar or uncomfortable enough with a new product, then they default to the old way of doing it, right? If the bank's not going to loan on a new product, then guess what? You're not going to use the new product. Right. So part of it was just the realization that there was an educational role that had to happen to inform all of the folks on a delivery team to be satisfied to use something new or different than they've used in the past. The second part was that it's very difficult to know who's working on a project early, which is a great opportunity or time in which to have a conversation about a product, any product, like all of the data platforms out there, leverage the information that they're given. So as an architect, if I'm early design stage, I'm not telling people what I'm working on yet. Right. And some of the data services pick up information from bid documents and other things that are more public at the tail end or further down the project delivery cycle. So this idea of early connection as a manufacturer, it's like, how do we even locate those architects and others early in the project? We don't know where to go to find that. And then lastly, the realization that there are so many projects in the works that nobody knows about yet on the supply side. And yet that just means there are all of those design and engineering team members that are frankly struggling to make informed decisions because there's also not a good place for them to go look to find the expert help. 
they need. Uh, uh-huh. You know, like if I go to a manufacturer's website and if I go to contact to see who I can reach and then they have what's called a gated entry. They have a form for me to fill out that says, hey, we'd love to help you. Tell us who you are, what you're working on, and we'll get back to you. That's like most architects and others say, I don't like that because in my experience, they never got back to me or I can't tell you what I'm working on because I'm under a non-disclosure agreement or any number of things. So just finding the right person behind a company, we all have experienced versions of that difficulty as well. So to me, it was that two-sided problem recognition and it didn't seem like there was an easy solution there. So it, it, that caused me to have to lean into that and dig a lot deeper over the years. Yeah, yeah. All of those things are super important. You talked about the information that is needed on the design side, the education that's needed on the design side, and then all the gaps between literally the humans on yep. both of those sides that you want to fulfill. So what would be the experience of an architect coming to tech to look for the person they need to connect with at a specific product manufacturer? What does that experience look like? We explored those options as we were in product development and based on feedback from both sides, what we ended up building is a keyword search engine that surfaces product manufacturers, not products. And the most direct next step is to the person behind the product. And so it's, we, we say it's the shortest path from keyword search to product expert. So it's much like a Google-esque interface. It's just a simple field, put your keywords in. And the result is these are the companies that make that product. And if you want to search by location of your project, that'll also further filter those results. So that if I'm looking for help on a project in Florida versus Washington state, there probably are different people involved on the supply side in those two markets in part because of the regionalism of the building industry, right? The climate in Washington versus Miami, the codes in Washington versus Miami, and on and on. That kind of local regional knowledge and expertise is important as well. Uh So what might seem like a very simple topic, like let's connect people in the building industry on the supply and demand sides, you quickly realize that there are a number of facets, layers, and components to this relationship that need improving, you know? Like, how do you understand which product is best in which region? How do I know if they're selling me in a promotional way or really informing me? Right. 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 What do my peers think of this, et cetera? So we have a feature roadmap that's pretty robust over time, but the initial introduction is simply to connect the dots between people easily. So we've built a platform to do that. And we're just kind of coming to market now with that. Yeah, I love that. And As a part of the things that I'm passionate about is really like that customer journey. I think over the last year, especially, I've been thinking about more so on interior design side, but it's relevant to architects too, how they interact with a product manufacturer. And I always think about it as like um, how that product manufacturer is appearing to the designer, how the manufacturer or the people, the sales team is consulting the designer, and then at the end, how they're actually executing that sale. So your platform is fitting perfectly into that. It's like, how are you going to appear to this architect and designer? And it's really through that connection to people, even though it's simple, it's an important one because relationships are key in this industry for the information and completing the sale. So I love that. So I know you talked about this a little bit in terms of the connections that you're making, but from a 
manufacturer standpoint, how should they think about this different from a product directory? Hmm. Well, when it comes to products and the relevant data around the, a given product or set of products, it's been said there's a big difference between information and knowledge and an even bigger distance between knowledge and wisdom. That's one piece of the puzzle. The other is the difference between a manufacturer of a component that then needs to be put into an assembly that becomes part of a finished built space. So most manufacturers make components, not assemblies. The design community has questions related not just to the component, but how that component goes into an assembly, right? That involves other components, best practices, and labor, meaning the trades and the contractors. So the posture that a manufacturer has making a component isn't a complete and total view of what should happen, but they're our closest link to getting much of that information. The difference between information, knowledge, and wisdom is that information, we could surface, say, a directory of products tomorrow with just by scraping the internet legally, we could surface tens of thousands of companies, probably a million pages of product data, right? And add some intelligent search of those and allow people to find data and information online via keyword search, right? But is that information enough for me to make an informed decision? Frankly, it's too much information. I don't know how to structure that information, like which product, which category, what's the price category? I don't know. So more information doesn't help me. Knowledge is kind of understanding what to do with that information. That's good. But the premise we have is that there are so many products with so much information to know that no designer is ever really going to know enough about the products to be an expert. We're going to maybe know enough to be dangerous. Strong on some, but dangerous with most. The wisdom comes in where you've understood not just the knowledge behind the information, but the real world application of that, the wisdom, the lessons, the experience, the perspective, the patina. That's actually the kind of help that we need to make an informed decision is that level of care and experience, right? So some product directories do a great job of surfacing product data. We don't think that's as helpful as first starting with the person. And I used to say that like, this is the last mile of that journey for an architect to get to that person. Others have made it clear to me that they view this as the first mile. Like the first mile should be, get me the person that can then help me navigate the information so that I can gain the right level of knowledge Uh to make a decision and move forward. And the timing of that is that the earlier in the process, wherever you may be, the better, because you'll make less uninformed decisions hopefully more informed decisions. And that whole delivery model will be benefited by that clarity and alignment. Yeah, I love all of that. And so that process that you just walked through is really the ideal process. But Mm. I wonder if you can talk about like, what does that look like if an architect or designer cannot find the information or the Mm. person that they need to make an informed decision? Like, do they give up? Like in your experience, what does that look like? There are a few different ballparks of that outcome. One of the worst is when an architect attempts to get that information and they do it through a Google search, websites, product directories, any number of tools to find the information. And then they make a guess at that information and actually want to validate their guess. So they call the company and they talk to an expert and they say, hey, is this the right product, et cetera. The worst case is when that sales rep says, yeah, that's great for your project. Simply because they're being opportunistic and they want to create a sale. 
They may not even understand the question that was posed by the design professional. <laughs> They're just saying, yeah, we can do that. And I've heard these horror stories time and again, and not small amount of impact where, you know, the window package shows up and it's not going to work or it doesn't actually have the certifications. It needs to be approved by the state for that project type. Well, that's a little late in the process to find that out. So the worst case is when you're misguided and ill-informed by opportunistic sales reps that don't appreciate the impact of those early decisions. They're actually just saying, let me get through that so I can get to the contractor and make the sale. And they don't appreciate actually the weight of that connected decision and outcome to the whole project and to life safety, welfare and, and code compliance and all those things. So that's one of the pain points that's experienced again and again. And it's hard to predict because you hope to trust people, right? When you're asking for help, but that can happen. The other is that we look at our national resources. So if I open up Architect Magazine, there are a number of ads in that, but they're all national. So some product categories are national, others are not. Concrete Block is not a national product. It's a regional product. doesn't ship very far effectively, et cetera. But there are national ads and they're not fair <laughs> because I might believe that I can call that company in Minnesota for a project in California because that's the only one that advertised in the journal. And I'd be wrong on wrong for me, wrong for them, because when it goes to bid, they're going to say, we're not buying this in Minnesota. Who do you want to use in California? I, say, I don't even know. I made that decision six months ago. So regionalism and location and product availability now made even more difficult by supply chain issues. All of those things compound. And then the, the more common, simple case is that we have an idea about a product. We do a Google search. We spend four hours online. And that's one of my partners often says, we end up shopping for shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many pairs of shoes right? you bought in that scenario. <laughs> so that integrity of the process of getting to what you really want is really difficult when you put in a few keywords into Google. Everyone should try it right now and just see how many results you got. Probably more than 100 million results. Mm. It's not very helpful. So that overwhelming sea of data is so disorienting and upending that then we have to try to make a decision in that because maybe I'm working on my door package next Tuesday and Wednesday, and I need to make decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm making a lot of under-informed decisions, and that's the norm. Mm, under-informed so decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to be pretty vulnerable to go there in concept and have those discussions about how challenged we are as licensed professionals to make informed decisions about some very important product decisions, you know? Yeah. It's and tough. I wonder, too, like, how manufacturers are then thinking about how they're approaching all of these problems, right? Because mm. it's my hope that they get on a platform like Tech and they have their people connected to architects and designers and are ready to inform those people on the information needed to specify products. Mm -hmm. But it's like on the manufacturer side, and I've worked for a lot of manufacturers, how do they then be proactive with how they approach the sale, like not being opportunistic, mm. how they're training their sales team, how they're, you know, developing educational information. You know, that's like a rhetorical question for you, but yeah. it's something that I'm very intrigued about and how like the manufacturer side will be approaching those problems. I would just say to that point that as diverse the design community is, it's equally diverse on the supply side. So there are numerous manufacturers that totally get it and do an exceptional job of serving design professionals. Okay. And 
it's a multitude of product categories out there, right? From toilets to finishes to roofing, windows, air systems, and different product categories are easier to navigate than others. So the diversity and the breadth and the depth and the multitude of variables are all covered. And so what we're trying to do is really focus on the harshest pain points first, understand what's already working well out there, right? And move those to the center of the pain point arena in order to minimize the degree of, quote, change that needs to happen. Why? Because nobody likes change. (laughs) So our biggest challenge as a venture, as a software platform, as an industry is to figure out or agree that change is needed, but that nobody should be taking steps too large in that direction of change that are costly, right? The goal is that I can take positive steps toward change while also improving my bottom line. So the onus is on us as the venture developers to contemplate that and say, I can't just solve a big problem that has a lot of lift for everyone. I need to determine what's the lightest lift for anybody. And so the good news is that we don't have to come up with new ideas because there are that range of great practices to horrible practices and everything in between. There are great products, horrible products, great process, great people. So we don't need better people, better products. We need just alignment. So we just say that we are the neutral facilitator trying to really deliver a piece of missing infrastructure that has the ability for both sides to take very small positive steps that are an immediate benefit and that move the ball of change forward. I love that. That's our business. Yeah. That's like a drop the mic moment right there, Bob. I love everything you just said. <laughs> let, me, let me pick the mic back up. Just <laughs> So you also recently did kicked off a strategic partnership with the American Institute of Architects. So tell me more about that partnership and what and how it will give professionals access to what they need while designing. Mm. We were very fortunate to have a few individuals from the National Office of AIA reach out to us uh, early in 2021. They saw a little bit of what we were doing and it coincided with some important research that they were doing for the previous five years. There's a project called The Architect's Journey to Specification. And so AIA nationally has been doing research since 2016 in that arena. And in 2021, they recognized that what we're doing addresses a lot of the problems that they identified in their research on both sides because they did research on the manufacturing and design side. So they called us out of the blue and we were happy to take the call. And we now are in a interesting partnership to to work together toward that solution and not exclusively, but collaboratively. What we've both realized is that this is a really big challenge and there are a lot of aspects to solving this and it's going to take some time, but we're so aligned on the mission that how can we not work together almost? So we feel like a really legitimate collaborative partner. and We're blessed for that. The outcome is that like anything, you now need to go introduce these ideas and get movement in the market and begin to get traction that you need in order to make it a mainstream infrastructure piece that's used widely. So it's taken a long time and a lot of resources internally at tech to develop the platform, prove the model, and begin to get traction with manufacturers as clients. But a really big event is happening in just a few weeks. So the Conference on Architecture for 2022 is happening June 23rd to the 25th awesome. in Chicago. And that's the first national show in a few years because of COVID, right? A live national show. It was just announced that Barack Obama, President Obama is going to be 
doing the closing reception keynote. Kind of cool. Awesome. But at that event, about 20,000 attendees, about 400 exhibitors, and tech is positioned on the floor, in the center of the floor, and we're hosting a press luncheon with all the attending press and others. So this AIA conference in just a few weeks is our first big national introduction of the brands, and we're excited about that. And it's done in part as a result of that collaborative relationship with AIA. Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing more of what's to come after that June launch for you guys. So for the manufacturers or architects or designers that are listening, what's the next step that they should take with tech? Hmm. For manufacturers at the show, I'd say come see us at the show. (laughs) And let's (laughs) let's put faces together because people meeting people is an awesome opportunity. And that's a really interesting moment of physical proximity, right? At that show, tens of thousands of folks that ought to say hi to one another to make that connection. Additionally, then tech.com. And we can begin the conversation whenever they're ready. For design professionals, you know, my job is to bring this product to market adequately populated with enough manufacturers to be worthwhile for a design professional to do a search. So, you know, frankly, there's some time where you just need to let us build that for you, right? Uh But along the way, one of the other things we've developed is the Peopleverse podcast at peopleverse.fm. And that's a platform where we're uncovering the stories behind the companies and about the people and the culture in these companies. So it's an interesting, another layer to these connections. So for listening design professionals, I'd suggest you give a listen to peopleverse.fm, available on all the podcast platforms, of course. And then there's one other thing we're seeing some interesting progress on, and that is simply that the cost for design professionals to use this platform is zero, and we'll never charge to use the platform. But what's interesting is that on average, based on research, the average designer has only a few product reps that they would trust and recommend to their peers. Just a few. And each of us need to deal with hundreds in our practice. So what we have been blessed with as well are those architects that choose to suggest to us a few of their favorite reps that they would love to see on the platform. And by that kind of peer vetted suggestion, we elevate that community of reps that are already getting it for the most part, which allow us to accelerate that level of service to the design professionals by aggregating more and more of those referred reps. So the other thing that architects and designers could contemplate is, would you be willing to share a few names of those that you really think are worthy of being shared with other design professionals? Yeah. And then we'll do the work to help see about moving them toward the platform. But just knowing about us, tech.com, peopleverse.fm, Knowing that we're here working hard every day to serve you, it'll take us a a bit of time to bring that fully to market. So be patient with us, but we welcome feedback and input along the way. And we just are excited about the future together. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that LinkedIn recommended for us to connect, right? Mm, And start this relationship here. I'm so happy to hear more about your start with psychology. And I feel like it weaves into what you're doing now with the platform. And I can't wait to hear about everything and all the success that you will have with your platform. So thank you so much for being a guest, Bob. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Well, thanks again. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design 
And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.